there literary fans and welcome to episode 36 of Jeff Reads His Book. I'm your host Jeff and today we're reading chapter 14 of Offworlder, a book I wrote in a month. Well, if you want to contact the show, head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com. There's a few ways to write to me right there. Yeah, whatever your preferred uh whatever electronic communication technique is, unless it's Facebook, because I'm not going to answer on there. <laughs> and you can text me if you're Glenn, but nobody else. Um, oh, and while you're at jeffreadshisbook.com, why don't you think about buying a copy of this terrible book, Offworlder, or its sequel, Bringing Balance, which is maybe slightly better. <laughs> They're both pretty bad, but I think if you've been listening to this uh, podcast so far, you're like, wow, these are terrible books. <laughs> and Offworlder might take the cake. I am really... I was telling uh, my lovely wife, Laura, this week that Offworlder honestly embarrasses me. It's that bad. Like, I, I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> I, it's just been... This one's rough. I think any everybody can tell that I'm having a little trouble trying to get through this book. There's like way less typos and stuff, but the story is so bad. Oh my God. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. So anyway, we do have some feedback this week. Um, the lovely Laura wrote in to answer our discussion questions from last week. So why don't we go over these today, huh? Okay, okay. Okay, question one. Do you have a middle school rejection story? So, uh, Laura writes back and she says, middle school rejection? I went to Catholic grade school and was in the junior high youth group. Pretty awesome. We had dances once a month in, quote, Utopia Hall. <laughs> I, that actually seems like a lot. Once a month? Eh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure I was rejected by a nerdy Catholic boy if I asked any of them to dance. I don't know. In my experience, the girls rarely ask the boys to dance. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. That's what I remember. You know what? Let me correct that. None of the girls asked me to dance. <laughs> all right. All right. Question two. What was Margot drinking? <laughs> I love this answer. <laughs> Laura says, man can wine. Has anybody seen that at the grocery store? It's a can with freaking wine in it, right? I, but it's, it's a man can. So, you know, manly. Ooh, yeah. This is for men with chest hair. I don't know. Do men, do men still have chest hair? Whatever. I, anyway. Yeah. She says man can wine. Love it. Says Margot smuggled it in and used a koozie. Yeah, to keep... Oh, well, if she's using a koozie, I guess that implies she got, like, a white wine, right? Because it was chilled? I mean, that kind of makes sense. Was it... Oh, Laura should give us a follow-up. Was it a magical koozie? Ooh, maybe. And then question three. When was the last party with dancing you attended? That wasn't a wedding. Remember, we were pretty straightforward on this. Laura responds, see number one above. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I think she, she's been to parties with dancing since then. Because we, we dated in college, so I took her to, like, frat parties and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Fraternity parties. Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, that was, yeah, those are some good answers. I really like those. That's pretty awesome. Thank you, Laura, for writing in. Those were top-notch. I wish there was, like, a specific middle school rejection story. Then again, I don't know. I think a lot of people like Laura, so she probably doesn't get rejected all that often. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywho, so today... Okay, let's go back to my notes for today. Oh, I suck. Actually, today, I should point out, I'm actually recording this on my laptop instead of the usual Macintosh because... My Macintosh upgraded this week, and it can no longer run my podcasting software. Thanks, Apple. <laughs> I freaking hate Macintoshes. I need one for work, at least, and um, 
I don't know. I, it's just, eh, they, they're so expensive. Who are buying these things? So I'm using a, basically an Acer piece of shit laptop here, and it's doing just fine running my goddamn podcast app so I can record this for all you fine people. So go to hell. But anyway, the big deal about me using the laptop is today we're recording from a couch. <laughs> I should do this from now on if I have like guests on board because looking at the like audio signal, I think this is working, me sitting on a couch talking into the microphone. Yeah, yeah, I think we're good. I was thinking about doing it maybe upstairs where we have some carpeting in one of the rooms, but I'm still doing it in the basement where you get a little bit of an echo, but I, I think it's worth it. I, I, It doesn't matter. We're good. We're good. So, oh, oh, and before we start, I did also want to say we're coming up, uh, it is like mid-October right now, right? So National Novel Writing Month is coming up fast. So I've been trying to think if I should write a book. I did ask my lovely wife, Laura, if I should write a book, and her response was, God, no. <laughs> and... Well, you know, I assumed it was because of how time-consuming it is. But on the other hand, it might just be because she hates listening to these podcasts. Because <laughs> these books are pretty bad. <laughs> and now I feel like obliged with this podcast that I should keep writing about Henry and Margot, right? I don't know. I, I don't know where I'd put, like, another book in this series. Eh, who knows? I probably could. I don't know. Uh, Glenn, Glenn was thinking, I don't know if he's thinking about it this year. He should write in and tell me if he's going to do it. I will say one thing about doing this podcast, it shows me how stupid my books are. So maybe this time I would, uh, come up with a plot. Yeah. 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 Well, wait till you see book three in this series. It is stinkeroo. Woo. You could tell I did not know what I was writing. <laughs> All right, all right. So I hope everybody out there is starting to get ready for uh, National Novel Writing Month this November. And if you are, write in. Tell us what your ideas are for this year or what you're planning on. I don't know, anything. Yeah, how many words a day you're going to write if you're going to try to meet that goal. And if you're serious about it or if you're more like me and just want to write some nonsense for a month, I think it's a good creative outlet. Yeah, yeah. So today, speaking of books, we are reading chapter 14 of... Offworlder almost said bringing balance. So this book, uh, or this chapter, is nine pages long. Uh, it does feature magic once again. And, ooh, there's going to be a battle. This is very exciting. All right, all right. Well, I did make a note, though, that it might be underwhelming, though. So we'll see. I don't think it's much of a battle. Like, I don't think they get a run for their money or anything. And it's going to feature lots of Henry. Yeah, so I hope you guys like him. I'm so-so uh, eh, on him. So I think we're doing a little more Henry character development, which is a shame. Eh. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. So without any further ado, let's dive in to Chapter 14. So for today's episode, I'm going to be sipping on some Evan Williams 1783 Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. At this point, this is like the whiskey on almost every episode, so they should probably just sponsor the podcast, don't you think? Would you guys mind if there were Evan Williams commercials during this? I think that'd be pretty rad. I'm certainly not making money doing this otherwise. <laughs> you know what? They, they could just pay me in whiskey. I would just drink it. Yeah, yeah. Evan Williams, uh, if you're listening... I'm game, you know what I mean? I bought this uh, kind of recently because I finally ran out of that bottle of uh, Wild Turkey 101. Woof, that is some harsh stuff. So, yeah, this is going to be good today. And I'm actually drinking it out of a, uh, it's a Cuyahoga Valley Scenic Railroad glass. I love this glass because I like choo-choo trains. You know, that's kind of, I used to do like a lot of model railroading and stuff when I was a kid. I mean, I wasn't good at it. I just like, had a railroad on plywood. It was kind of stupid, but I really do like choo-choo trains. So uh, a couple of years ago for my birthday, Laura bought me a um, a trip. It was like a beer tasting trip on the Scenic Railroad. Oh, top freaking notch. And I got these like, what do you want to call them? Like seven ounce glasses to take home with, you know, that are like etched with Cuyahoga Valley Scenic Railroad. It's pretty snazzy. 
And so I like to drink whiskey out of them because they're way too small for beer. You know what I mean? Because it was a beer tasting. So, yeah, top notch. You hear that jingle? Oh, yeah, this is good. Mm. Okay, I feel like I'm babbling, and I feel like I don't know if this is loud enough this week. I hope so. It's because I'm sitting on the couch, you know? All right, why don't we get started? This is exciting. Okay. Henry's usual Monday morning routine changed drastically when someone rapped loudly on his door just after he had risen from bed. Coming, he called as he walked over to the door wearing pajama pajama pants but no shirt. Oh, you know, that's interesting. That's what I'm doing right now, or I did last night. Pajama pants, no shirt. Yeah, if anybody wanted to know about my sleeping habits... (laughs) Um, he pulled the door open to find Malcolm outside. Henry looked at him, wondering why one of his bosses would be here. Get dressed and get down to the temple, he ordered. We're leaving in ten minutes. Henry nodded as he watched Malcolm walk towards another house. He had been warned that he was, quote, on call at all hours. I do like when my quotes go backwards at the beginning. You know what I mean? Um, Because there's two types of double quotes. It's pretty sweet. Uh, He was on call at all hours, and it hadn't taken long for that warning to be acted upon by his bosses. Shutting the door, he got properly dressed, chugged a glass of water, grabbed some bread rolls, (laughs) bread rolls, huh? (laughs) And left his house. (laughs) Couldn't you say just like rolls or... I don't know, bread rolls. It sounds weird. (laughs) In front of the temple, he found a caravan of sorts preparing to leave. Four mages on horses were leading the caravan, and all warrior mages that Henry... In all... Wait, oh, okay. Four mages on horses were leading the caravan, all warrior mages that Henry recognized. Okay, all right, I get it now. Behind them, three open-topped, Horse-drawn carriages were being readied, presumably to carry additional mages milling about and the requisite supplies. Henry walked to the temple steps and sat down to wait. A way to help out, jerk. Maybe he's not paid for that. It could be a union job loading the carts. (laughs) He was surprised. Teamsters, actually. I mean, literally. (laughs) Okay. He was surprised when he saw Janie stumble down the road alone. He waved as she approached, and she headed straight for him, sitting down heavily next to him. Mm. Sorry, I was taking a little special sip of whiskey there. She asked him what was going on, and he shrugged. Eventually, Malcolm, and to his surprise, Roland appeared. Ooh, Roland! Wow, that's exciting. Why is he surprised? Uh, maybe he's like too high up in the organization. Eh, all right. Malcolm began to explain. Everyone quiet down. Okay. Was there any indication it was loud? <laughs> we have reason to believe there will be an afternoon raid on a village or villages to the south. Oh, screensaver. Damn laptop. I bet it stops recording like because it's a sleeper. Oh, okay. No, we're good. We're good. All right. Bop, 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 bop. The magistrate's soldiers are a few days out yet, so we'll be sent to handle the situation now. The mission is very important and prestigious, Roland stated loudly. (laughs) I expect it to be successful. Please find a place in the carriages and we'll be off. Janie and Henry stood wordlessly and climbed into one of the carriages, carefully avoiding the one that Roland seemed to be heading towards. Yeah, you don't want to sit with your boss. Do you think, well, I guess if you're, you're probably climbing in the back of the carriage, but I was going to say, do you want to sit in the back of the carriage? You know, honestly, I would because horses kind of smell sometimes. I wouldn't want to be closer to a horse. Yeah. Um, boop, boop, boop. The trip took over five hours that morning. Wow. We're, oh, wait, 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 wait. Um, Henry guessed that about 16 people were part of the caravan, a surprisingly large number. He saw Cindy climb into the same carriage as Roland, and he hoped he would not be working with her that day. Oh, he doesn't like her. She's a bitch, though. So, yeah, we established that last episode. Listen on jeffreadsbook.com. Okay. The trip took over five hours that morning. Ugh, sounds boring. Taking a cue from Janie, Henry attempted to sleep for most of it. 
Janie had no problem remaining asleep the entire trip, but Henry managed only two hours of additional sleep. He busied himself with chatting with another few of the mages, all of whom were special reserves, and Henry found tiresome. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were better than them, Henry, you jerk. When the carriages finally pulled into a, into a town, Henry was grateful for the long trip to be over. Disembarking, ooh, big word, he found himself in a village that seemed decidedly less well-off than Sandhill. The townsfolk had constructed a crude wall around the village, although Henry thought it more resembled a shabby plank fence. They had one largish meeting house that sat near the fence and abutted the town square, which is where the carriages had stopped. This is so dull. Okay, all the mages were instructed. You know what? I, this town is reminding me of... Um, why am I thinking of this? I probably, when I wrote this, I was thinking of... Um, who saw the movie The Postman with Kevin Costner? Oof. I think I've brought this up on the podcast before, but that's the kind of the town I'm thinking of with a wall around it, kind of shitty, shittily built. You know what I mean? Not Definitely not up to code. All right. Uh, all the mages were instructed to enter the town meeting hall for a briefing and assignments. Janie and Henry followed the others inside and sat down along with everyone else. This is so thrilling. Roland, Malcolm, and a pair of locals stood at the front of the meeting hall. We've been speaking with the village leaders, and we're all sure the attack will come today, probably in the afternoon, Roland started at the front of the room. Other villages have been decimated lately, three so far. This one is next. How does he know this one's next? Ugh. This book is a lot of hand-waving. <laughs> they li- uh, Malcolm spoke. They like to attack in the afternoon when most of the men in town are working the surrounding fields. It makes the attack more chaotic. What have they been doing when they raid? A mage near the front asked. One of the locals responded. They usually take one or two women, but far more are killed. It almost seems like the attacks are just for the sake of destruction. This created murmurs of confusion in the room. I wonder when I wrote that, like, if they're confused, and that's why... Was I going to, like, make this a bigger plot point? Because, spoiler alert, it's not. All right. (laughs) The second local now... I probably wanted to just, like, keep my options open. (laughs) The second local now added... The attackers are wildlings. See, I wanted to say uh, wildlings. I think originally I spell corrected this and it was wildings, but I think it's wildlings. I hope I don't have to say that word too much. It's hard to say. I don't like these L's everywhere. Uh, The attackers are wildlings from where we don't know. They seem bent on attacking any civilized settlement. We've dispatched four mages to two other villages in case we're wrong about the attack, Malcolm continued. The current plan is to remain hidden behind the wall the village has erected and surprise them once they enter. That seems like a bad idea. Let's see what Henry thinks. Henry had an uneasy feeling about this the strategy. Wow, there we go. Huh? Big surprise. <laughs> he didn't think it made much sense to wait that long. How will we fight them, he asked loudly from the back. Only from behind the wall, or if they enter within the village itself, Roland explained. But that doesn't seem, Henry started loudly again. But nothing, Roland loudly interrupted. Ooh, loudly two times. I realized you're new, McCallum. You must listen to those in charge, understand? Henry nodded. Janie covered her face, but Henry still heard her snickering. (laughs) After a bit more explanation about how they would remain in the meeting hall, the meeting was ended and several of the older mages who had been assigned accordingly left to survey the village. Henry was left with a handful of others, Janie included, to wait in the meeting hall. You got in trouble, she teased. Page turn. Oh my god, where's a drinking break? Jesus Christ. Doesn't that seem like a bad idea, he asked her, looking for reassurance. Disappointing him, she replied, How would I know? I'm just here to tend to the wounded, if any. Oh, there'll be plenty to heal if they get close to the walls or into the village, he said. 
And if they get anywhere near, quote, the wall, he made air quotes. It actually says he made air quotes. (laughs) They'll be in the city. This is a stupid idea. Henry, she warned, sounding like a mother. Don't do anything you're going to regret. Henry simply turned away. Finally, a drinking break. Jesus. I think we're like four pages in. Well, we got another one coming up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Mm. Okay. As afternoon was casually drifting towards evening, the first alarm rose from the south. A farmer came running over the hill a few hundred yards outside the village's new wall, yelling, They're coming! The raiders are coming! Henry and Janie, though, only heard the alarm in the village as the men closest to the wall started alerting the defenders. Okay. Roland sat in the front of the meeting hall when the alarm was raised. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Did he come in and sit down when the alarm was raised, or was he already there? I don't know. He rose calmly. I think it should have said Roland was seated in the front of the meeting hall when the alarm was raised. Yeah, that's a typo. He rose calmly and stated, Now we wait. Henry shifted in his seat uneasily, but other mages had run to the window to see the oncoming attack. Henry walked to a window and looked out at the hill. What hill? Uh, did we even... Oh, I guess a farmer came running over a hill. All right, fair enough. (laughs) A single wildling crested the hill on horseback, his hair back in a long braid, shirtless and covered in war paints. Is is the author trying to say Native Americans? Racism? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I was, but... <laughs> I don't know. I think... Did I take wildlings, langs, wildlings, whatever? Did I take that from uh, Game of Thrones? I don't know. Who cares? Who gives a shit? I've never seen that show. Thank you very much. All right. I just read all the books or audio read all the books because goddamn, I read read one of those Game of Thrones books. I don't remember which one. What a freaking mess. I, it was so goddamn long. I, just do the 30 CDs and, you know, drive around or something. All right. Don't do freaking audible.com, you losers. Just go to the library. It's free there. You can even get the electronic audiobook for free. Jesus Christ. Who, why are you paying Amazon for shit? Oh, pay Amazon to buy my books. Yeah, do that. Mm. Mm. Sorry, I was having a little sneaky uh, sip of whiskey there. All right. Henry, all right. Uh, Henry walked to a window, looked out at the hill. A single wildling crested the hill on horseback, his hair back in a long braid shirtless and covered in war paints. He was followed by what Henry estimated was 50 more horsemen, all adorned similarly, hate that word, yet carrying a wide variety of weapons. A few appeared to be carrying bowls with something burning, and Henry realized they meant to burn the village. Oh, no! We should go out and meet them, Henry said to Roland, who continued to stand calmly at the front of the meeting hall. Patience, he said. They will come to us. They'll have lit half the village on fire if we wait for them to come to us, Henry said, exasperated. We would be totally ineffectual and vulnerable out there, another mage said in disgust. Oh, I should have said that with more like, Ugh, we would be totally ineffectual and vulnerable out there, said another mage from the valley in, in disgust. We must protect ourselves first and Foremost, Roland nodded in agreement. What? Henry stared, confused at the other mage. Glancing out the window at the now closer horseman. Ooh, that should add a dash. Now closer, I think. He decided to handle matters himself. Oh, what a baller, huh? Turning, he walked straight to the entrance to the hall. Henry, Janie called in a concerned voice as he passed her. Ignoring Janie, he burst outside and turned towards the gate in the makeshift fence that villagers had constructed and now guarded with farming implements. Henry approached the gate, which was just a portion of the fence that hadn't been fixed to the ground, and brushed the wood construction aside. I hope... I hope it was like with magic, right? Because brushing it aside... Oh, goddamn screensaver. 
I gotta remember to turn this off when I do this, huh? Okay. Uh, yeah, like brushing it aside sounds like he just pushed it aside, and that's a pretty lame gate. All right. Um, Henry approached the gate, uh, which was and brushed the wood construction aside, strolling briskly out of the village to the amazement of the locals. He used the anger he felt, he now felt, directing it into a spell he quietly concocted as he walked. The wildlings were now no more than 100 yards, as I said, like a meter, but better, from the single mage. He stopped walking when his spell was complete. He held up his right hand and shouted, Stop, as the full spell was called into reality. Drinking break! Ooh! Are you excited for this spell? I know I am. I'm not really, actually. Mmm. That is some good whiskey. Mm. I'm getting kind of low. I don't know how far we are into this chapter. Mm. Yeah, we could probably use a fill-up. Janie had ran after Henry all the way to the gate, but something told her to stay within the village as she watched her friend stride confidently into the open field. She knew he had to have a plan but she could not understand what he might do to disarm so many men. She stood helpless as her friend stopped, a single defender against dozens of armed horsemen. Suddenly, he raised one arm, and the word stop boomed from the field. Ooh, he probably used magic to make it louder. That's what I would do if I were cool. Yeah. All right. Um, boop, 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 boop. Uh, from Henry's hand burst a light so bright that Janie had to look away. A massive wind rushed past her and out into the field, so strong that the men all around her were fighting to remain standing. Ooh, some elemental stuff right here, huh? Glancing back onto the field, she could see Henry standing momentarily before she had to look away to protect her eyesight. Interesting. Oh, come on. God damn it. Okay, here we go. Oh, 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 that's a drinking break. Drinking break. It is a drinking break. It's just on a page turn, so you can't tell. Mm. Ooh, I'm going to need a refill for the next drinking break, which is coming up quickly. I hope everybody's playing along at home. Good times. Henry saw every horseman fall from his mount as their horses panicked in the blinding light he sent forth. He saw the leaders of the raiders as his spell continued and pulled him from the ground 50 yards away into his still-free left hand, catching him around the neck with the help of a bit of magic, comma, period, of course, period. <laughs> That's a great typo. The terrified, the terrified man blinked blindly, yelling, My eyes! Henry silenced him. How? I guess magic. More hand-waving. That's great writing. Yeah. With rage in his voice, he warned, If I hear that you or your people ever attack innocent villagers again, I will come for you. Oh, yes. And then I will come for your family. And when I've finished with them, I will find every single friend you've ever had, and I will comfort them and their families until your people cease to be. Ooh, that was mean. All right. The look of terror on the man's face assured Henry that his threats, mostly empty, were working. Do you understand? Henry asked, the rage in his voice nearly palatable. Pa palpable. Palatable. <laughs> palpable. All right. Not if you do. The shirtless man nodded, and Henry thought he might be crying. Good. Now tell your friends that I will do what I will do and be gone from these lands. As he ceased the blinding light and gusting wind, he thrust his left hand in a throwing motion, using magic to toss the leader of the raiders back over the hill. That's hundreds of yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look it up if you don't know what that means, Europeans, huh? Or rest of the world, I guess. <laughs> um, blip, 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 blip. He surveyed the chaos he had created in the field. Raiders ran shirtless and sightless in random directions as their horses fled the scene. At least if his threats held no weight, the raiders wouldn't have horses for the next assault. He smiled, 
pleased with his work, and turned to walk, exhausted, back to the village. Drinking break! And through the magic of pausing, I now have a refill. Yay! Mm. Mm. Good thing I'm not doing 101 today. Jesus. That was rough last time I did that. On these long chapters with drinking breaks. This one has a lot of drinking breaks, too. Janie ran out into the field to meet Henry. When she finally reached her friend, she saw that he was breathing heavily from the exertion of what he had just done. She looked around the field in amazement as shirtless, war-painted men stumbled and crawled blindly around the field. Ooh, and I fucked up another dash. Did you blind them all, she asked. They'll be fine in a few days, he said simply. Do you need help, she asked with concern. No, I need to walk without any help right now, he replied. She nodded, knowing that he had to at least appear strong near his peers, lest he seem weak in some way. Yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be macho, am I right? Yeah, all those men know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I got a phone message. Is it the lovely Laura? Oh, she sent me a video. Uh, the lovely Laura is currently seeing to some sad cats. I will have to look at that after we're done. Okay, let's keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, the pair walked back to the meeting hall where all the mages who had been inside were now outside staring in disbelief. Janie looked around the village for the first time, seeing the number... Uh, what? Sorry, I got another phone message and I looked at the phone. I'm fubbing my audience. My bad. <laughs> okay. Janie looked around the village for the first time, seeing a number of residents now outside and watching Henry. She knew, though, that she needed to get him inside and at least seated at all costs or he could collapse. On the steps of the meeting hall, like she feared, stood Roland with a furious look on his face. Henry looked up at him and continued climbing the stairs. What was that? he asked in anger. Henry didn't look at him. Instead, he put up an index finger as if to indicate that he needed a moment. Thinking quickly, Janie suggested, Perhaps, sir, we should discuss this inside, away from the villagers? She then led Henry into the meeting hall. Roland and a handful of others followed him inside. Henry sat down in the first seat he found and leaned back. Lean back, just lean back. Woo, that took a lot out of me, he said to Janie. She couldn't help but laugh at his grinning face. Oh, I, I actually thought he was saying that like exhausted, but he's grinning. All right, while well, she still had the chance. I'm speechless, Roland exclaimed. How dare you disrespect my orders? With all due respect, sir, I don't think the original plan would have been quite so effective, Henry said. Henry calmly responded. The meeting hall door opened, and the two village leaders entered, smiling from ear to ear. Where's our hero? one asked. Henry remained silent with his back to the door. Okay, that's news. <laughs> he looked at Janie and rolled his eyes. She simply shook her head. Sir Roland, the other villager began, we can't thank your mage enough for this amazing turn of events. You've brought us a true defender who has decimated our enemy. This is like very, for like a farming village, it's a lot of like uh, warlike talk, isn't it? Janie thought his statements, okay, thought his statement seemed a bit practiced, but the sentiment was genuine. She studied Roland to see what his next move would be. While furious at Henry, he would need to somehow accept some credit for what Henry had achieved alone. The situation would require him to praise Henry publicly, which amused Janie. Ah, yes, the man of the hour is right over here, Roland said, changing his tone rapidly. He had a plan, and he went through with it, just like we encourage. If you, if anything had gone wrong, we were ready to defend you. Henry started to rise, but Janie grabbed his shoulder and pushed him down into the chair. Could you give him a minute or two to compose himself, she asked pleasantly. He'll be out to greet you shortly. 
Oh, yes, of course, one of the local men said with a smile. The two villagers stepped back out of the meeting hall through the door. Roland looked as if he were about to say something, but he turned and exited the hall as well, leaving Henry, Janie, and a few other and a few mages now moving to see uh, and a few mages now moving to see to their own private business in the village's central building. God damn, that's a terrible sentence that added nothing to the book. And another freaking screensaver and another drinking break. Hooray! Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is good. Mm. Okay, these are long drinks. I must be drinking more. I mean, I probably am. It's not... Yeah, well, of course I am. Anyway, before the contingent of mages left that evening, the village threw an impromptu celebration for the victory. Henry was offered a seat at the table of honor with some village officials, but he thought it wiser to defer to Roland sitting at just another table in the town square with Janie. Oh, to defer to Roland sitting at an, just another table in the town square with Janie. My laundry is now done. Okay. Uh, blip, 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 blip. That was a hard to read sentence. The villagers produced a sizable feast for the quick little party, and they had even managed to throw a band together. Oh, I hope there's dancing. All right. Henry was happy enough to sit in a chair relaxing with seemingly endless food to eat. His dining was regularly interrupted by townsfolk coming to shake his hand, and he was as gracious as could be, although he often greeted them with a mouth nearly overflowing with chicken or lamb. Ugh, lamb? I freaking hate lamb. All right, (laughs) so much fat. Those girls are eyeing you, Henry. God, I hope they're not girls and they're actually women. Jesus Christ, Janie. Janie pointed out as the evening twilight set in. Maybe before you leave. Are you kidding? He looked at her confused. I always thought that was a part of being a male wizard, she, Janie said, shrugging. A bonus or something. Janie, you know that I, he started. Uh, she rolled her eyes and interrupted. Uh, Margo, yes, I know. I think that ship, to s- that ship has sailed. Maybe, Henry sighed, dejected. Aww, and that ends chapter 14. So that was an exciting chapter. So, like I said, um, definitely had magic in it. Right? There was definitely magic in this chapter. Henry did some fancy stuff. Although, I feel like in this this chapter, like my writing, when I say, like when he brushed aside the wood uh, gate, how did he do that? Well, I mean, obviously it was magic, because who can just move? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. But it sounded like it wasn't on hinges, because I kind of described it as like they would just like put it in place. So if it wasn't on hinges, he must have used magic. I mean, I can't... Who can move any quantity of wood and make it look easy? Maybe somebody who's, like, built, but I don't think we think Henry is, like, a a muscled-up guy. I think he's kind of a schlub. That's my guess, at least. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I don't know. And then, like, uh, what do I want to say? I just wish... It was a little more explicit. Like, uh, it said he picked up the leader of the uh, the wildlings, right? But he picked him up from, like, 50 yards away. Or 49 meters for everybody else who uses the wrong units of measurement. Um, and it didn't, uh, I don't know. It didn't really explain he was using magic there either. It was very, a lot of hand-waving in this book. Yeah, yeah, a lot of hand-waving. And, I mean, I said there was going to be a battle. I don't think battle really sums up what just happened. Henry just fucking knocked them all off their horses. Woo! (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, a battle kind of implies there's, like, a struggle. Like, one person might win or the other person. But, I mean, there wasn't. Henry just went out and used magic and he wins, right? I used to play, when I was a little kid, um, we'd have friends over and we would play... uh, play i must have been like five or six i don't know yeah i could be wrong i was kind of a tool but we would play like knights and wizards or something like that it was so lame 
Because I remember anybody who was a wizard could just freeze you. So you couldn't, like, fight a wizard if you were a knight. It was so retarded. <laughs> like, wait, the wizard would just be like, oh, I froze you. And you'd be like, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a good game. It was really bad. Yeah. Terrible imagination. Yep. Anyway, or what? I guess I was really awful at game design when I was six. <laughs> <laughs> we do it in my backyard i'm trying to remember who would come over it was like eric maybe ronnie would come over too i don't know i don't know who else would. paul would be there yeah yeah it was it was pretty silly i don't know it was I, it was such a dumb game i probably let my sisters play too you know but who knows what they were supposed to be witches they probably wanted to be unicorns or something god knows ah uh, yeah I don't like to think back on, like, that kind of stuff at all. Just don't. Yeah. I feel like I was kind of a spoon, you know what I mean? And I explained spoon last episode. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. So that wasn't really a battle. Henry just freaking leveled a whole bunch of people. And then the townsfolk were all excited and had a party. I, I mean, I kind of get that they'd have a party. That kind of makes sense, I suppose. Eyeing the girls was like eh, a little, little off-putting there. <laughs> or the girls eyeing him. Yeah. Yeah. That makes them kind of sound... I, I feel bad. It makes the girls of this town seem like rubes. Like, oh, look at him. He saved our lives. I want to give him babies. That's, I don't know. Maybe that's... Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Henry's really handsome. You know? I, I actually don't know. He's not muscle-bound, though. So, like... Girls from New Jersey aren't going to like him. <laughs> okay, I'm done generalizing. Let's move on to discussion questions, huh? All right, all right. Question one. All right. Have you ever had, have you ever had an on-call job? Like a job when you're on-call and you have to come in, like, immediately? Ugh, ugh. I had, like, uh, I don't know how many jobs ago. It's getting a little fuzzy in my mind. But I worked for some medical software company. And I would say I was effectively on call. Like, if a server went... Not a server. I wasn't really in charge of servers. But, yeah, a little bit. And they would, like, call if something went wrong. It was, it was fucking shitty. Like, when I come home on a Saturday, I remember that company... They were like, oh, we want to test the software at this uh, medical practice, but they wanted to do it over Christmas break because they were closed. So I remember going to Massachusetts to hang with my family and having to test, like run an automated test of this medical software on the freaking medical company, the, the, med the medical practices computers Somewhere in Georgia, I think, it was miserable. It was like Christmas Eve, and I'm freaking running these, like, simulated visits by people. And then they were going to roll the database back after I was done. I remember the funny thing, though, was <laughs> that the medical practice at the time had, like, um, like, it would print out prescriptions when anybody ordered a prescription. <laughs> I remember looking at, like, these... I was on like virtual, or what do I want to say, uh, remote console connections to Windows, and I started getting all these errors on all of them that the printers were out of paper. And that's when it dawned on me that like this test program that was giving all the children at this medical practice leprosy was just spewing out prescriptions for awful drugs into their lab. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I had to call my boss on like Christmas day and be like, you got to call Georgia. Those prescriptions are fake. <laughs> Cause I was so afraid they were just going to send them off to the pharmacy. Oh my God. I couldn't even imagine. It was so stupid, but I hated that. I hated that job. I mean, there were good parts of it, but generally, eh, not so great. Bad commute, bad people, whatever. And then uh, I left that pretty quickly. And I think they bought a company that did the same thing as what we were programming here. And I was like, well, I'm not going to stick around. Obviously, they're replacing us. And sure enough, they did. And then I think maybe... I don't know, six months after I left, they shut down the whole office that I was at. So, 
Yeah, good on me for getting out quick. Am I right? Am I right? Okay. All right. So tell me if you've had an on-call job, huh? All right. I know... I know Laura's going to tell a very specific story. So, Laura, mix it up. Don't tell that one. Tell something else. It'll be good. All right. Oh, okay. Question two. Here we go. Discussion question two. So, Roland said they were going to stay inside the town. And then when, if the enemy got in the town, they would kill them all. But the enemy had, clearly had mixing bowls full of fire. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> I don't know. Is that like, can you keep napalm in like a mixing bowl and light it up and then just roll on up to the nearest town? I, uh, okay. So anyway, that's not the question. That was such, no explanation beyond that. I'm, I'm still irritated. All right. I think I was thinking of them as like primitive people who have to bring fire with them when they move. Anyway. So, all right. Question two. How shitty was that original plan, huh? What idiot would think we'll wait inside the walls, these wooden walls, as these people are running up? And let's 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 extrapolate and say this town has thatch roofs, huh? Are we really going to wait for these freaking idiots to come up to the the fence these people constructed? And let's be clear, remember it was a fence. This thing sucks. And, the, you know, what are they going to come up to the fence and all those uh, farmers' rakes and hoes are going to... What, knock him off the wall? Come on, please. This is nonsense. Nonsense. So, yeah. How bad was that original plan? That's all. Yeah. You can explain what you would have done. I think Henry made the right move there. I mean, if I had unlimited magical powers, I would have done the same thing as him, I think. (laughs) All right. Question three. And this is kind of a two-parter. All right. First part. Do you like lamb? Right? Henry was eating chicken and lamb. Right? Not beef and ham. Who remembers that song from South Park? Chicken and lamb, beef and ham. Step to the left and clap your hands. I don't remember the rest of it. All right. Okay. Do you like lamb? I'm going to go right out and say I do. I kind of like how it tastes, but the fat content is overwhelming. I, I hate like fat in meat. When I cut my meat, I cut all the way around the meat. It's or all the way around the fat. I don't want any fat in my mouth. It's disgusting. It makes me dry heave while I'm eating. Ugh. And ugh, lamb is so Oh, it's just so fatty. And then people put mint jelly on it. What the fuck is that? Anyway, it, all right. Second part of this question is lamb like not allowed like are you not supposed to eat lamb anymore? Cuz I'm kind of equating that with is it like a baby sheep when you eat a lamb i'm kind of equating it with like veal like you're not supposed to eat veal either like when we go to the grocery store a lot of the time we'll say oh we're gonna have meatloaf this week but we won't buy the meatloaf mix because it's got fucking baby cows in it why would i want that you know so we try to get just regular beef even though all right let's be honest i'm trying to do a little bit of good Without giving up beef, okay? I'm not going that far yet, I guess. Yet? Yeah. I'm going to say yet. Yeah. Because you know what? I had an Impossible Whopper this week. Freaking killer. Get an Impossible Whopper. It's a dollar more. Totally the same sandwich. I loved it. Yeah. You should just get an Impossible Whopper. And stop killing cows and making them fart into the air and killing the ozone layer and shit, I guess. I don't know. So, all right, so is lamb like veal? I mean, I'm picturing cute baby lambs being slaughtered so that I can make meatloaf on a Saturday. I feel way less bad about adult cows. They're not cute. (laughs) Wasn't that like uh, from Dennis Leary's album, No Cure for Cancer? I think he had this whole joke about uh, trying to decide what animals to save. And he had, so they were going to do interviews and they're like, okay, what are you? And he's, oh, I'm an otter. You know, I play with my hands and stuff. They're like, all right, you're good. And like, well, what are you? And the next animal, I'm a cow. I walk around slowly and chew cud. And they're like, get in the truck. You're going to go to the slaughterhouse. Yeah. Uh, that was like a big deal when I was in high school. Wow. I am so old because. No Cure for Cancer by Dennis Leary. Do you remember that? It had that song, um, Asshole, on it. I'm an asshole. Yeah. That was a good tune. I kind of enjoyed that. But I guess 
Some people claim a lot of the jokes from that were kind of stolen, but eh. People always say that kind of crap. I don't know. It's just, I think if you get big as a comedian, people try to fuck you over. So, whatever. I don't know. So, anyway, um, I guess those are our discussion questions. Uh, write in if you have anything else to say. Uh, I, I, like, if you're disappointed, this chapter didn't have any Margot. She, her name was only uttered at the very end, and that's disappointing to me. Margot's the bomb, clearly. Although she's kind of been a wet noodle lately. Let's hope she steps it up a little bit, right? Uh, but she just didn't, she just wasn't in this chapter. Why don't we peek and see if next chapter has some Margot in it, huh? Because that's what everybody wants to know, right? Uh, boop, 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 boop. Henry's, blah, 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 blah. In the Nazi and Margot. Where is it? Where is it? Oh my god! Alright, yeah. Margot's gonna be in the next chapter, so don't fret, people. All the Margot fans, we should make team, like, t-shirts that are like Team Margot or Team Henry, I guess. I don't know. They're freaking... Obviously, they hook up. I don't even know why I suggested that. Well, anyway. All right. All right. I'm babbling at this point. All I want to do is talk about this freaking book more because I was really looking forward to this podcast episode. So, if you want to write in with any answers to discussion questions, head on over to jeffreadsbook.com and you'll find links there. You can reach me at jba at sdf.org by email. Or you can go on Mastodon in the Fediverse, and you can find me at jba at mastodon.sdf.org. Or if you're not a huge nerd, you can head on over to Twitter and hit me up at Fortran Jeff. I mean, I think in the past I've mentioned that on Reddit I'm Printstar, but I haven't been on Reddit lately. You know what? That redesign makes it so, like, some of my computers run wicked slow when I try to look at Reddit. So I just don't. And then, like, I have a Reddit app on my phone, and that seems to be the problem. When I use that Reddit app, sometimes my phone locks up. And last time it locked up, I broke the volume button that I use to unlock or reboot the phone. So, great. Yeah. So I can't use Reddit is effectively what I'm saying. (laughs) So anyway, head on over to jeffreadsbook.com. You can buy copies of these horrible, horrible books. Or you can just message me. I just want you people to tell me you're listening. That would be great if you just said that. And you know what? Maybe next week we'll check out like the iTunes statistics. Or I can look at my logs. But I'm probably going to forget, so don't worry about it. So anyway, until next time, keep on reading! Keep on reading!